A quick note before this week's episode, it was recorded during the 2023 WGA and SAG-AFTRA strikes. Without the labor of the writers and actors currently on strike, the film being discussed here would not exist. I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver linings. Uh, and you're welcome for that little bit of ASMR at the top of the episode. <laughs> Which I think it's abundantly clear to everyone, but uh, just to say it for the record... Obviously, we're discussing Alien versus Predator. I mean, that goes without saying. That uh, is the most iconic scene from the movie. Yeah, we're all... We can just picture it right now. We're all a bunch of AVP heads here. Yeah, and uh, look, I, I don't want to alienate anyone. So if you haven't seen the movie and you you don't know, it's the scene where the alien fights the Predator. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it? It is, actually. Oh, I thought it was the scene where the Predator makes the weapon for Sana Lathan's character. Nope. No, so that is the scene where, she, where her character and that other guy are watching the alien and the Predator fight and uh, the study. It's when the, it ends with, as you can tell, uh, the, the true uh, cinephiles who, who know the scene by heart are aware. That sound at the end was when it cuts... The head off of the xenomorph and it drops it was just to the, the face off of it, right? Yeah, the it face just cuts its face off. The front of the face. Uh, shout out Nick Cage. You're coming next month. Face off. Uh, but uh, yeah, like it. Oh slides. my god! Now I want to do an, a face off remake with Alien and Predator. Be amazing. But yeah, so it, <laughs> the the front half of the face slides to the ground and then eventually it's not in the clip, but the. Predator then goes on to remove its mask and it uses the acid blood to mark its face. Right, because it's now officially blooded to use the Predator lore because it has, in fact, killed a xenomorph. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that, <sighs> yeah. Look. Yeah, so this, hey. Look, I mean, I sat there and I watched this whole movie and I was like, what clip am I going to pull? And... If you can remember a scene of dialogue, you're a better person than I am. There was dialogue? See? See? <laughs> it was really the only option. The best parts of this movie are when the aliens and the predators fight, so... Yeah, um, early silver lining. No, so um, this is, I think, as good a movie as any to wrap up uh, Good Idea, Bad Execution Month. Yeah, it is, it's a great idea. It's an idea that has existed... In comics, and video games, in all the other formats before it made its way to cinema. And it's they made two of them. They did. And the other one's even worse. Yep. Um, yeah, this, uh, this is directed by noted 
uh, video game filmmaker Paul W.S. Anderson. Also known as the other Paul Anderson. Yes. The other Paul W.S. Anderson. <laughs> well, that's why they both use their middle names, just to be like, yes. look, hey. Look, we're different. <laughs> what if they're not? What if it's the same one? Yeah. And it's it's just like the other one, like like Paul Thomas Anderson is just an actor that gets hired to do interviews and cocaine with uh, Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. And but then, his, his um, true passion is making schlocky video game films. Right. That's that's what really gets his mojo going. And um, as a result, uh, he has to live two lives because he makes these really like intelligent, artful, like coming of age movies and and movies that, you know, have something to say. Uh, but he also makes all the Resident Evils. Yeah, I think it's I think it might even be more specific than that. I think it might be a Stephen Urkel, Stefan Urkel situation. Mm. That he has a magic machine that turns him from Paul W.S. Anderson to Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. I don't know which one is Stefan Urkel. I'll leave that to the audience to decide. Yes. Get in the comments, everybody, and let <laughs> us know who Stefan, who, who is the Stefan Urkel in this situation. Hashtag which Paul Anderson is Stefan Urkel. <laughs> We're good at social media. <laughs> that works, right? Yeah, it's a great hashtag. Succinct. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, from, well, so I guess the comic books were first. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, obviously there was an alien franchise and there was a predator franchise and then someone in the comics came along and was like, what if they fought? And that person is a genius. Yeah. Not since, uh, also related uh, the you know the infamous story of James Cameron pitching the sequel to Alien, where the lore goes that he went up to a chalkboard, wrote the word Alien, and then wrote an S that was a dollar sign. The greatest pitch in the history of cinema. Mm-hmm. Greenlit in the room. Yeah, <laughs> they were like, "We like money." Yeah, and we like Alien. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's. You understand it's it's a fun pitch, but I do also think it's funny. I was thinking about this coming into this. This is maybe our third something versus something film. And I think it's because these sound like great ideas on paper and they're hard to do in execution because uh, we did Freddy versus Jason and we did Batman v Superman. Because we like we as human beings like to see iconic characters fight each other yes and uh to date uh those crossover things outside of the marvel cinematic universe have not worked right and that's i think because marvel has such a solid foundation for everything they do that when they did civil war it you know, we already cared about all the characters and it just worked and it's focusing on the actual characters that are fighting when, uh, well, I mean, Batman v Superman being an exception, but like for definitely this and for Freddy versus Jason, it becomes about the human characters that are just essentially stuck in a crossfire. And I think even more in this film, like these characters are just there in the literally just there. Yeah. In the middle of this battle. And I, 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons that this didn't really work, and I don't know how to (laughs) tackle all of them, but I think from the start, you didn't give us characters to latch on to to really care about in a meaningful way. Yeah, I I mean, I think that's part of the problem is, and it's the same thing, like, I think one of the flaws of the Transformers movies, too, is like, where do the people fit in? Right. That essentially these stories, if it's Transformers, if it's this or whatever, it's gods fighting like human beings are ants at that point. If it's King Kong versus Godzilla, whatever the thing is, humans are just these little specks running around. And you think about it, too. I mean, the first Alien movie and the first Predator movie are about fighting one of these things. Right. And then the second Alien movie is about fighting more than one of these things. Right. And so then it's like... But the second Predator is still about fighting one of these things. Well, right. And that, and Prey, which is great, which came out last year, is about fighting one of these things. <laughs> because it, it makes them seem that badass you know that they we are that outmatched against them that it takes a lot of humans to sort of be cannon fodder to slow the thing down enough for one human to survive right and yeah it's just so it's a it's an uphill battle in a way that like wasn't foreseen and i think you could argue that one of the mistakes they made was trying to make this canon Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to fit it in with the existing narratives of everything. Yeah, I think it has too much reverence for what came before in terms of canon, in terms of references, you know, just like in terms of casting an actor from Alien, you know, that it's just it wants to constantly remind you that it knows about these other movies, which one, I think, is always a mistake when those movies are better. <laughs> Like, don't good. This is just a basic uh, of tip that I offer anyone. Don't remind people of a movie that's better than your movie. Yeah. It, have Easter eggs, do things like that. I think those are all expected choices at this point with like. Historic IP, for lack of a better terminology, and <clears throat> but let your stuff stand on its own. Yeah, there's a reason that most dramas aren't like watching Citizen Kane in the background, you know, right. <laughs> like, hey, let's sit down and watch 20 minutes of The Godfather before we get into our mob drama. Yeah, no. Yeah, don't because there's a strong chance your mob movie is not going to be as good as The Godfather. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's not even necessarily a statement on your movie. These are iconic films. Alien is iconic. I mean, Predator, I think, is too. But, you know. I mean, I'll I'll just say it. Predator is one of my favorite action movies. It's a great action movie. It's perfect to me. Like, no notes. Everything they did worked. Uh, It's got, it's infinitely quotable. The action in every scene is awesome. Uh, I think it only since we'll never talk about Predator on here, I think it makes one mistake. And I think that it that it opens with the spaceship landing is a big mistake for that movie. Yeah. It um, should open with that thing where they do the the arms where they grab each other's. Yeah, yeah, that that should be the first shot. 
Yes. Because that's when that movie starts. Yes, that is when (laughs) I think it starts when uh, Jesse Ventura tells people that he's a sexual tyrannosaurus. Which had to be ad-libbed. Yeah. Um, He was just telling people that and and Shane Black, or John McTiernan is like, now we got to get this on film just to shut up Jesse Ventura. (laughs) uh but yeah no that movie's great uh alien i mean the first alien is just absolutely just this like macabre like just it's this amazing sci-fi horror movie it is and it's just it's all the like hr giger you know designs it just that movie you look at it for five seconds and it creeps you out like everything just feels claustrophobic and dripping and it's it's great sci-fi and it's great horror it, it it's another movie that like is phenomenal, and then like Aliens is just a fantastic shoot 'em up action flick. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and then Predator Two exists. Yeah, uh, Pig in the City, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, that's the full title. It's Predator Two, Pig in the City. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I like Predator Two, but it is a huge gap between that and the other three good movies that we've already talked about there's definitely less good predator films than alien films i think that's right because prey was awesome prey was awesome but predator is also not great i didn't hate predators but it's not great but it's not better than alien one or two. Oh god no 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 yeah no. You're talking about the Adrian Brody where they like kidnap mm-hmm. a bunch of people. Yeah, because there's yeah. the other like the Predator or something like that. That's just awful. I don't even remember that. So that's yeah, not a good sign for that it's, one. It's it's not good. Is that like it's a bad. prison island in Predators or something? It's Shane Black, right? Yeah. Um. Well, it's like they just take like. Just evil people and have them that's like mercenaries. Yeah. And yeah, and it's I, sort of like a it's it's like training ground for baby predators, basically. <laughs> Yeah, which, you know what, let's start there with the, I mean, we, I guess we already started, but let's go there with this film, because I don't like this setup. I'm just, it's, it's not, it's not what I want. I'll just say that of the, you know, it's a pyramid that is essentially a a level of Laura Croft Tomb Raider, where constantly (laughs) it's a shifting puzzle for some reason. And it also just... Like, like, I get the I get the uh, instinct for, you know, you're playing into the mythology of like aliens formed early civilizations. I get that. That makes sense for your mythology. Sure. But then I don't get the actual premise of this movie. So they they captured a queen and she's been locked up for who knows how long until the humans stumble upon this. And I guess wake her up like. I guess my question is, if the humans didn't show up, would all of this have happened without them? Or did they trigger the start of this? Because I'm not clear on that. Yes. <laughs> right. So that's no, already yeah, a it, question. Right. It, it doesn't. So in the lore that's established in the movie that somehow this one guy is an expert on. Because he can read this, the hieroglyphs. Oh, right. Because he can read any hieroglyphic uh, translation. Yeah. Um, Solid. Is that the the predators are essentially worshipped as gods, which tracks. Yeah. Because yeah, again, know. this part I don't have a problem with. Sure. They came to Earth. Uh, they were worshipped as God. They they got humans to build the pyramids. Right. And I would even say it tracks that predators show their metal by hunting xenomorphs. I think that makes sense. 
Yeah, well, See, I mean, it fits with what we know about predators that they like hunting. They they hunt humans, but we're easy cannon fodder for them. The ultimate prey would be the aliens. Right. Um, and then it makes further sense that there's a religious ritual where humans are sacrificed to create xenomorphs because of the life cycle of the xenomorph. Uh, you know, the face huggers and the chest bursters and yada, yada, yada. That all makes sense. How the movie happens doesn't. Right. And I also just like one. Yeah. The the actual inciting incident for how this all starts in the movie. It's unclear if, again, the humans just happen to show up on the day that the hunt was going to happen or if it seems like they're triggering something. But then it also seemed like the predators were there. So I, I'm confused on that. It's It's not explained well enough in the movie, but apparently like. The predators like opened the hole to the pyramid to try to entice humans to go down there, I guess, maybe possibly somehow. But why? They don't need humans at that point. Well, I mean, they need the they need the the xenomorphs to happen and the eggs just are face. They're not going to sacrifice predators to become aliens. But I, I OK, I, I don't I'm not going to get too in the weeds on this because no, it, it's dumb and bad. It like, seemed like that, it already that, happened, but. Um, because they show like ancient times, they, so like, I don't know, they, they just do this on a, they just keep coming back to earth and nobody's noticed. Well, and they kind of hint that like every hundred years, cause like 1904 was the last time that people were at this particular site. Sure. It's, it's, it's not, it's like. It's a sweaty premise. Oh, incredibly. Like they thought about it a little bit and they're like, you know what? Until two middle-aged white guys bash this on a podcast no one's gonna care as long as the aliens and predators fight yeah and may, but you know what podcasts don't really exist quite yet we're in the early days of that but we haven't heard of it yet and uh, right you know uh yeah there's there's no youtube there's no anything so we're say we're just cashing those checks baby yep uh, right now but, but here's the other thing so all of that aside this is just bullshit i'm gonna i'm gonna call it if any predators are listening this is bullshit. This uh, this shouldn't count. This shouldn't count as uh you know like getting your first kill because it's so contrived. You it's fish in a barrel. It's fish in a barrel. You yeah. You guys are nothing. You hear that? You, I'm calling you out. You're nothing. You, you're not even predators. You're just it's you're barely like skeet shooters. Yeah. You know what you are? You're trophy hunters. You're a bunch of. <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of bitch ass trophy hunters. Yeah, you're nothing, man. Like you you contrived this whole thing to feel tough. And like you keep the alien queen chained up. up and frozen because you know, because you know you're not as good as her. Yeah. And her big gross ovipositor. <laughs> I think she's beautiful. I think she's beautiful. I think the ovipositor is big and gross. <laughs> sure. But yeah, I just like the whole thing as I was watching it, like, it's just you made a giant like kill floor that like, first of all, so you kidnapped an alien queen and you forced humans down there to make all this happen. But then it's like you, you Rube Goldberg the whole thing so that half the work of killing them is done by the pyramid that was built. Well, and that's one of the other just really dumb things in this movie is so they establish that there's like this sacrificial chamber 
mm-hmm. where people like the remains of these people that are like clearly have had chest bursters come out are part of a ritual sacrifice. Yet it's also established canon in the movie that because some dude stepped on a brick that woke up the queen. Right. That's just stupid. No, that was the part that really confused me because that seems like it's when everything starts, but it was very confusing. So, yeah, I guess if everything had gone the way that the predators were hoping that it would go, the queen would just be locked up the whole time and then they were going to just blow her up at the end. But also that doesn't make sense either, because if you're saying that they do this every hundred years, how do they blow up the temple? So this is the last one? Well, they had to blow up the temple because the queen got out. It's like a it's like a self-destruct failsafe if the queen gets out. So they were just if everything had gone well, they would have left her there and, and come then back refrozen her and then come back in 100 years to hunt more uh, thingies. Yeah. It's, it, just, it, it's sketchy. Yeah. Go I mean, to their pl- go to the xenomorph planet and fight them there. Yeah. Fight them on their goddamn home world. Yeah. What are you doing here? Just because the movie needs that to happen for humans to be involved. It doesn't, by yeah. the way. That's that's your logic. But here, here's the thing. They're just spaceships. Just a spaceship could land on the planet where the fight was happening. Right. You said it in the distant future. No one cares. No. Yeah. It's No, no one cares. No one was like, thank God this is on Earth. And I, I couldn't mean, I guess relate there's... to this movie about these two... <laughs> imaginary creatures fighting if it didn't play take place on earth a place i recognize but but they said it at the the most remote location on earth which by almost a guarantee none of the people watching the movie have been within a thousand miles of and then shot mostly interiors yeah (laughs) i recognize rooms (laughs) i've been inside before like yeah, this could have easily and like I get that it I guess it raises the stakes that it happens on Earth. It doesn't. I, it doesn't I, because it's not an invasion. That's the thing is like it's there aren't really stakes if this has been happening every hundred years forever and no one noticed. Like Right. I mean it sucks for the twenty people that get tricked into going there, but like, I think, look, you know, we don't all want to admit it, but it's it's a kind of trolley problem situation of if, if you asked humanity if we'd all be OK if aliens came to Earth and only really, like, killed 20 people in some weird ritual they had and left the rest of us alone, we'd probably be like, yeah, OK. No, I mean, Unless you're Steve Rogers and then you'd be like, we don't trade lives. Yeah. But. There's certainly a good movie a good alien versus predator movie that could exist it doesn't but there certainly could be well you know what's i i I don't know if you agree with this and i don't know if we're ready to pivot we're probably not but i think this at the end stumbled upon what i think could have been a good alien versus predator movie it it found its way to a premise that i'm actually into but it way too late in the game and not enough of it. I would have watched buddy comedy, <laughs> human befriends predator, and they have to survive to If that happened in the first 15 minutes of this movie, this movie is, 
I don't know if it's great, but it's way more entertaining. All right, here's the movie. Okay. We're going to make this. This is the movie. All right. Act one is just Predator. Yeah, I, I'm down with that. Like, I think that's the thing that they, they overthink, too. If you opened with a shot of us following Predators, I think the opening clip that we played at the top of this podcast shows you can just do that. You don't need no. human dialogue. But I mean, I'm even saying I'm even saying, like, let's say this movie, it's humans crash land on a distant planet. And then the opening the op- for act one is literally just the movie Predator. Oh, I thought you were saying it's just we just open on a Predator. No, I'm saying the Act movie One predator. is the movie Predator. Okay, where I'm it's just a thinking because I'm just thinking like this is Paul Anderson, you know, so he could do a 20 minute word list following of a Predator, like there will be blood, sure. you know, kind of yeah. thing, you know, yeah, words, yeah. It's right, just exactly, wordless, <laughs> beautifully shot. I drink your milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, so, so act one is predator and so humans are trying to survive while fighting because they happen to just crash land on the same planet as predators near a predator, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's that first act is the predator winnowing down the humans. Um, and then it's like the last couple of humans and they stumble upon the aliens. And so then you have a, then you, then the second act is aliens mm, alien more than aliens right and then the third act is you have the buddy cop comedy where the the last human and the last predator team up to kill the aliens and then that's the movie i still don't think it's enough of the buddy cop thing you know the 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 here's i like it though but i think this. how about this okay sure there's two spaceships that we they're together because otherwise it would be too coincidental but like they're they each you know, maybe it's two halves of a spaceship like it bursts open as it's entering the atmosphere it's kind of a a lost season one and season two situation where the front half lands in one area of this planet and the the back half lands on a completely different and the whole thing at first is just we have to meet up we have to go find the other guys but one side is dropped where the predators are and the other side is dropped where the aliens are. And we're cutting back and forth between the two groups. And then, because then, so you get act two is the buddy comedy where the one uh, person has survived and has befriended and won the respect of the predator. And they, you know, do that weird blood thing or whatever, I guess. And they're going on. And then whoever survives with the aliens, but now, you it's it's sort of lord of the flies like we're we humans are on opposite sides of this battle at this point because we've been in the trenches so you have humans that are friends with the aliens too you know what now that i'm saying it doesn't really make sense but maybe they're not (laughs) friends with the aliens but they're they're full of aliens they they, they're full of the aliens (laughs) they have them in their chest chest burster chest burster (laughs) well it's like that they you know you have to point being yeah they're not befriending the aliens but they have been here's the scene okay all right so we're doing your movie right okay and um so it gets down to like the predator the predator and the last human from that half they kill a xenomorph, mm-hmm. right? And so that's how they like they do the blood thing, whatever. Like that's from the comics. That's canon. That's like a whatever. 
and then they come upon another they find the other group of humans but they're all knocked out with face huggers on them yes yeah and the predator just starts slaughtering them mm-hmm. cuz he knows yeah yeah but the and then, the humans then don't then the other human tries to stop him yeah and there's like this other fight and then you get the chest bur- the first chest burster and then you have the third act is like the last like however many uh aliens escaped fighting the human and the predator because now the human realizes to listen to the predator and they're on the same page right that's that's a great movie okay hollywood holler at your goddamn boys let yeah. let joel and i make a good avp movie yeah you i mean you've taken two swings and they haven't connected but and you get three. If I know baseball, you get three. Third time's the charm. So look, resolve this strike. Get back to making things. And I guess... And holler at your boys. I guess Disney, right? Is it Disney at this point? Because it was Fox. So I guess they own the rights. And if I know anything about Disney, they're probably super interested in making Alien versus Predator. Uh, they're itching for a chance to make Alien versus Predator. Because you could picture it like... You know, uh, like just right on the front page of Disney Plus, like right next to <laughs> right next to Bluey, <laughs> right next to Bluey, just a big poster with the alien and the predator. I think kids are going to love it. And I know what you're thinking. You're saying, OK, so Disney kids are going to love it. It's going to be PG-13, right? No, hard, hard, R. R. hard, hard, R. R. like the opening scene will be like the a, the uh, the. <laughs> The MPAA will just immediately just rubber stamp it R by the yes. first five minutes. They'll be like, this is so such a hard R. Um, yeah. And and then we've made a good Alien versus Predator movie. Because that is uh, not not even the biggest problem, but it is a problem with this movie, the PG-13 rating. It just it does because it it's not like I care. I'm not someone who's sitting there like, oh, it needs to be gorier. But. The edits to make it PG-13 make it feel sillier than it should. Yeah, it seems like it, like it, it seems like it's going out of its way to avoid showing gore. Yeah, and it just that that causes a lot of quick edits, a lot of just I don't know, it, it does take a away lot of from, cuts to walls with liquid being splattered on the walls. Yeah, and somehow it because I think the the real truth is like if we're all honest with ourselves these are a bunch of puppets fighting a bunch of people in rubber suits. It's all kind of silly. If we're not terrified <laughs> and grossed out and we have time to reflect on how not scary and graphic this is because it's PG-13, it kind of, you recognize how silly it feels. Yeah. yeah. Um. So before we pivot, uh, this movie, the effects are fine for the most part in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, you know, things look cool. They use a lot of practical effects, all of that. I do love that. I mean, that honestly, we probably should talk more about that when we pivot. But when we have, but I, I need to yeah. preface that before yeah, yeah. I get to this. Um, the single worst effect in the entire movie <laughs> is when uh, the predator like etches the like blooded mark on Sana Lathan's face. Like nothing has looked faker in any movie we've watched for this entire podcast. It's not great. It's also just, I mean, 
That's but like the lines are off. The smoke isn't where yeah. like it's so it's so bad. Yeah, it's not great. And it's yeah. That, <laughs> yep. I agree. It's not I just I, like it has to it, it it's it's so laughably bad. It has to be talked about for a movie that like like I think literally when we pivot, I think how good th- this movie looked good for the most part. Yeah. Although I guess since we haven't pivoted yet, as, I do think it looks good. But I, I want to see if you agree on this. Like this movie looks very early 2000s to me, if that makes sense to you. Just in the there's an early 2000s aesthetic to movies that. It looks very bright, <laughs> you know, like there's a lot of light and uh, just a particular, I don't know, glow that early 2000s, late 90s films have that just, I don't know. It's it's very much an artifact of that time yes. that I don't think serves the aesthetic of an action horror mashup. Agreed. Yeah. But I don't even know that's the movie's fault. That's just what movies looked like then. That is just what movies looked like. Yes. Yeah. Everything is like a, a degree cleaner than it needs to be. Yeah, it's and... very clean and very shiny. It's like we were just really getting high def and people were very excited about like, let's throw a lot of light on all this. <laughs> it's really, let's really show them what we got. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Just figured I'd throw that out there. But yeah, I'm ready to pivot if you are. Yeah, I mean... The predators look good. They do. Yeah. Um, they look cool. Like the they do a good job of differentiating the three of them. Uh choppy, slappy, and skippy, I think their names are. I know. I was just trying to pull that up. I meant to have it, it because it, it's it's Celtic, Chopper, and Scar. Because look, that's also the bonus silver lining within the silver lining. Those are good nicknames for predators. I know which one's which. Yes. Yeah, it's solid. Um, and then the one alien that gets uh, marked by the Predator's laser net um, becomes like Gridface or Nethead or something like that. Not and as so good. It gets re- not as good, but it's a thing. Sounds like an insult that someone would call Spider-Man in a 90s comic. Yes. Um, Can it, Nethead? Yep. But now thinking about like nicknames for anonymous monsters, now I kind of want to do like a triple threat match of aliens versus predators versus gremlins. Ooh. So I'm just thinking because, you know, put a pin in the (laughs) the predators for a second. So aliens versus gremlins, because I, I, I need to figure out the rules because gremlins, if you feed them after midnight and you get them wet, they create more gremlins. So if... Uh, a mogwai has a face hugger on it and then it gets (laughs) turned into a gremlin while there's a xenomorph gestating inside of it then does does do a bunch of gremlins with xenomorphs inside spawn or like how does that work well here's the interesting thing all right so This this needs to be talked about. And you were worried we weren't going to get to 45 on this podcast. <laughs> I, I would never say that to you off the air right before we started. <laughs> I'm always confident that we have a lot to say about these movies. All right. So. All right. So here's this movie, because uh, get ready for at least three pitches from this episode, making our year end episode. Um, all right. So. An alien, mm-hmm. a facehugger gets on a mogwai. 
after midnight. Mm-hmm. Because it sticks something in its face hole, that counts as feeding it. Right. Solid. You know, so that makes sense. So then you get. So then you get the, the alien gremlin hybrid, I think, because like it builds the cocoon and then. Oh, God. Then you have the chest burster burst out of the cocoon mm-hmm. rather than the gremlin. And it's like got the like the gremlin bat, like lizard bat ears. And but it's also an alien. Can it's it be also the, a xenomorph. Any chance it's the sexy gremlin? <laughs> oh, I think it's definitely the sexy gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think we're all leading because obviously Gremlins 2, the superior Gremlins film. I think everyone agrees with me on that. And I am not in any way going out on a limb by saying that. But I'm with you. I yeah. love Gremlins 2. But I think it all leads to the scene at the end that is a mirror of the scene in this film where uh, uh, Gizmo, having been hardened by this battle where he fights all of the uh, alien <laughs> Uh, gremlin hybrids gets marked by the predator that he befriended as a show of respect and he trades in his little like uh q-tip bow or whatever that he built for a piece of predator tech weapon (laughs) that he has a little shoulder cannon (laughs) well and that's the other thing is that like so uh aliens are notoriously dripping with goo yeah it's just a thing they're always wet they so they're just constantly That's giving birth promise. to more aliens. It's the promise. That's the alien promise. <laughs> oh God! Now, oh man, I didn't, I didn't know until three minutes ago that in my life I wanted aliens versus predators versus gremlins. I'm also picturing the poster that is the poster from this movie, where you have the alien and the predator face to face, but then in the middle is just a gremlin like looking to camera. And if we can get Phoebe Cates involved somehow. I mean, I say better. that about every one of our pitches for sure. Yeah. So if we can get Phoebe Cates involved somehow. And if we can also find a different holiday for it to take place on <laughs> that she had a traumatic event take place on that day. Because that is the silliest thing that they do in Gremlins it's 2. The be- it's one of the best jokes in Gremlins 2. Yeah. Is that they take her trauma from the first movie and <laughs> her like very real moment of like sad Christmas related trauma and <laughs> completely lampoon it with president's day i think what we're trying to say is gremlins 2 is a masterpiece it is it's oh it's it is such an unappreciated gem of a movie and i love it with all my heart what's your favorite of the gremlins and gremlins 2 Ooh, um i do like that uh spider gremlin is pretty solid that is a good one um, I like the scene with Bat Gremlin that he takes like the day serum and then he goes out, but then he turns into a gargoyle. Like, I think that's really cool. And then he, yeah, he's frozen on top of the church. Like he, yeah, because yeah, he, he gets thrown into cement and then lands on top of the church. And then hardens and he, on top of the, yeah, I think that's, that's all good. really cool. Um, yeah. It's just a great movie. Mine is smart Gremlin. Brain Gremlin's great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, Tony Randall voicing him is awesome. It's just it, it, the voice does a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, and he's it, it's it's yeah, he's great. Uh, also, man, if we do this uh, alien versus predator versus gremlin, we can have Hulk Hogan show up again and yell at the the gremlins to put the movie back on. And then a chest hugger or like a, like a chest. Oh, chest burster comes out of Hulk Hogan. Yeah. It just bursts out of Hulk Hogan. And then you get a Hulk Hogan alien. And it has like the bandana and the shirt. The the alien rips its shirt off immediately and then puts its hand up to its ear. (laughs) 
I just look. That's two. If you guys are listening, that's two solid gold. We pitches. we have just made Disney four billion dollars. Which, if I know anything about Disney, they need the money. That's why the strike is happening. They're they're just getting by on fumes at this point. They can't afford I, to pay their writers or actors. I mean, if I know anything about Disney, they want four billion dollars. <laughs> that is that does seem true. It does seem like they like money. They do enjoy the money. So Bob Iger, holler at your boys. Bob Iger, get out of your Scrooge McDuck gold coin swimming pool. (laughs) Pay your goddamn writers and actors. And then green light this. And then then holler at your boys. We've got AVP. You give us a three picture. You give us three picture deal. We've already written two of them. And we've literally full scripts ready to go. Tomorrow. We'll have them on your desk. You, you resolve this strike and tomorrow they're on your desk. So you have AVP and then you have AVPVG. I <laughs> love it. Uh, and then, well, then for the third one. So who do they fight in the third one? I mean, that's, AVP, we, don't, we don't have to give it all away now. That's true. That's fair. No, because if yeah. someone's listening, like, you know, granted, we have proprietary rights on this. Uh, all these three franchises that we do not own. We yes. we definitely have, but we call it dibs, and I think be cool, guys. <laughs> yeah, just be cool with us. Uh, don't steal our idea. Yeah. All right. But um. Anyways, know, back to the, yeah. the, the movie that we watched. Yeah, so, uh, aliens fighting predators is fucking cool. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah, I yeah, it's a it's a good. I understand why. <laughs> I I get the motivation. These are both scary creatures that. Uh, use humans as ca- cannon fodder. So what happens when they go against each other? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's good. Yeah, it's good stuff. I also, I will say that... Oh, wait, I, no, sorry. I got to do it. It's uh, AVPVGVNWO. <laughs> they well, come because, to save Hogan. Well, yeah, once Hogan, that happens, then yeah, the NWO. Well, that's... Oh, ooh. So, okay, so Hogan's gone because the, right. the alien burst out of his chest but the alien became a hulk hogan alien and had the the red and yellow at first but then at a pivotal moment when the nwo shows up to fight the gremlins that's when it heel turns like bash at the beach it it comes down and turns on it turns on the gremlins and like it sides with the nwo and then yeah. that's the thing is like with the NWO, the Predators are going to be joining the NWO. Like everybody wanted to be in the NWO in the 90s. They did. So, yeah. So I think for sure you're going to have and a the lot. the NWO of... unites the universe. <laughs> yeah. Everyone just becomes the NWO at the end. No matter who wins, we're all NWO for life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there, there we did it. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> all right. So... I will say this, too, about this movie that I was reading a lot of stuff about the, you know, the uh, this Paul Anderson, the, you know, the other half of uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, that a lot of the changes that he made to the Predators, which I think he did with a lot of thought, I was reading about them and I was like, these are all smart changes. Like, he thought that the the discs that they throw looked a little too much like frisbee so he came up with more of a so he just stole it stole the crawl <laughs> but it's good it looks good in this it looks movie. cool as hell yeah it looks cool as hell like he made the the shoulder cannons a little bigger and more menacing 
I, I just think some of the like little changes that he made to the design of the the predators were really small no, the changes. Monster, the monster aesthetics in this are awesome. Like, yeah, they were and, small like, changes, but smart changes, I think. And he like humanizes the predators just enough that they feel like the baby faces in the whole thing. Even though they're not, if if we were clear on that at the beginning, they are jerks in this situation because they have contrived this whole thing. So they right. are not the good guys. But the, the aliens are less are. bad than the aliens. No, the aliens did nothing wrong. I'm here to I'm team alien. I'm just going to say it. They didn't do anything wrong. You kidnapped their queen. You locked them up in your weird Rube Goldberg, uh, you know, Laura Croft tomb. And you tried to pick them off, and it, I hope they beat all of you. They deserve to beat you because this is a—it's what the alien race, the Xenomorphs, would call a dick move. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's interesting that a lot of people complained, and I think they overcorrected with uh, AVP Requiem, was that like the aliens just house the predators right away. Like one alien kills two predators, and then they said the aliens were like had the advantage too much in this, even though I would say. You know, that makes sense. It also just didn't. I, I read that, too. But watching it, I didn't feel that. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't think that they oversold one or the other. I thought they seemed pretty even. I think the, the queen seemed more powerful than everyone else. But and as as it should. Right. But even the queen was able to be defeated by one predator and one person. Right. Um. The Predalien at the end, the chestburst, the Predator chestburster, solid last shot. I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a good, good notion, good, good move. Um, Did they follow the, up on that in the next one or no? They do because the the villain, like the the overarching bad guy, is the Predalien. Okay, I never watched the. It's one. terrible. Yeah, it's so much worse. <laughs> um, it's like it looks worse. It's like more cheap. There's. It's still on Earth with people that we don't care about. We care even less about. So it takes place a hundred years later, right? Nope. Ten days. <laughs> like literally like the Predalien like kills all the predators on the ship. The ship crashes in like Colorado and then the movie starts. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like it's. It's bad. Yeah, it's it's it. it I would go as far to say that it is the worst movie of all of them. Even worse than the fourth Alien. It is worse than Alien Resurrection. Okay, all right. Um, it is it is worse than Alien Cubed. It is worse than the Predator. It's it's the worst one. All right, I, I haven't seen it significantly. So can't wait to do it on this podcast. Um, I would argue that like the gulf between that movie and the next like good movie in this series is wider than how much better alien aliens and predator are than all the others stuck in the middle. Wow. Yeah. Like it's that bad. It's, right. it is. Yeah. It's terrible. All right. Uh, I, I also, I mean, we, we touched Stay on tuned next week. <laughs> no, this month is over and we're moving on, but, uh, but we mentioned that the like way long ago, but I want to bring it back while we're officially in the silver linings. Love that they used puppets. Love the giant puppet. The practical queen. effects was an awesome choice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Love the practical effects. Uh, the the queen alien looks good. Yeah. Um. It looks so good, in fact, that when it's CG in the very last thing, you're like, oh, I missed the puppet. I know it was very noticeable that it was CG, but I understand why it was. But yeah. I mean, it had to be like for what they're trying to do. Like you couldn't. The puppet would have looked so much like a puppet. I think if they tried to use it for those scenes. Yeah. Um, but oh, man, if we hadn't burned through our three 
pitches for Bob Iger. We there might have been a Muppet thing in here somewhere. Maybe. I mean, but that you have to work out a new deal for that one. Yeah, that's that's a whole separate thing. Um, <laughs> we're just not going to say any more about it. No, that's it. That's all you get. Yep. Holler at your boys. Give pay us for the first two, and we'll give you the third one. <laughs> but just remember, whoever pays us, they lose. Silver Linings Playback is a production of HoboTrashCan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. How many times has this happened to you? I just want to listen to a podcast. I can't choose from all these complicated structures and setups. You want to listen, not think. That's why there's Hobo Radio. You'll feel like the smartest guy in the room in a room by yourself. This doesn't take any intellectual thinking at all. Thanks, Hobo Radio. Hobo Radio, a weekly podcast on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network. <laughs>